She swoons to see them bleed. No! No, the drink! The drink! Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Helm End Me podcast. I'm your host, Briebs, and today we're going to be talking about hangovers. Yes, hangovers. Hangovers are an intrinsic part of life. Everybody's had them, and if you haven't, you're going to. And if you are one of those fucking gimps that say that you've never had a hangover, bite my banger, you're lying, you have, I've seen you, you've been hungover as fuck. Nobody thinks you're hard because you don't get a hangover. Weakness is a part of life. Embrace the weakness. Embrace the fear. Stop being a fucking liar. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to make a few comments on the last episode. Um, <clears throat> so basically, the last one was um, rehearsed a lot. Not in the sense that I was walking about my room fucking speaking the lines, but uh, it's been some stuff that I'd written down a while ago. Um and I was basically just reading it, so it was more performance than just me shooting the shit, as it were. Um, so the rest of the podcasts are going to be a bit more um, <coughs> free, shall we say, a bit more um, improvised with some notes, etc. Uh, thank you for the folk that have listened and shared, etc. Um, I also want to say that I've now officially got Facebook and Twitter uh Hell, hell mend me, um, and the podcasts are now officially on Spotify and on iTunes. So if you do listen and you like it, fucking share it, man, and go to iTunes and leave a review because the more reviews I get, the more people get to hear these fucking fantastic stories. Okay, so on with today's episode, the Hangover. Now, what exactly is a hangover? According to the Medical News Today website. A hangover is a collection of signs and symptoms linked to a recent bout of heavy drinking. Well, fucking obviously. Hangovers are caused by overconsumption of alcohol. Sometimes symptoms include headache, nausea, sensitivity to light and fatigue. The best method of preventing a hangover is to drink alcohol in moderation or avoid it altogether. Well, nobody's fucking woke up in the morning without drinking going, I've got a fucking right hangover, man. And as for the whole, just avoid it altogether, who the fuck are you talking to? We live in Scotland. More specifically, we live in fucking Glasgow. We work ridiculous hours. It's fucking freezing all the time. It's always dark. Drink is the only thing we've got, other than the fucking odd joint. But like, avoiding alcohol is just a concept which is fucking alien to the population of Scotland. Okay? Now that's just fucking silly. So... Hangovers come in all different shapes and sizes. Many people have had them. Um, they can vary. When I was younger, I used to never get hangovers until like three o'clock in the afternoon. I would wake up, I would go to Strathy Union on a Thursday night, I would go to Strathy Union on a Friday night, and I would go to the garage on a Saturday night, and I would get fucking hammered. I would get up, seven o'clock in the morning, go to work at Tesco in Eddingston, and I would be fine, get home at three o'clock, I would be a fucking right off until eight o'clock, and I would go out again. That's just what you did. You'd get your student loan and you would go get absolutely smashed whilst learning nothing. 
And as I've got older, the hangovers have changed. And I wake up feeling fucking horrendous. Spend the day feeling horrendous. Spend the night feeling horrendous. Spend the next day exactly the same, feeling fucking horrendous, whilst eating hunters of shite. So the previous night you've been out drinking, you had a great time, you've been to the garage, you've been to the cat house, you've been to St Luke's, wherever you've been, and and you wake up and you're hit with the fear. You wake up and you have the fear and it's really strong. You just want to curl up into a wee ball and die. Why is it? That when you wake up like that, you need to apologise to someone. I mean, you could have had the fucking best night ever. You could have been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. You could have been celebrating with the Pope for work given to charity. You've had a few too many and you've got home sensibly. But you wake up in the morning feeling like the worst cunt on the planet. Because you're 100% certain. See that somewhere out there in the ether of your drunkenness... You've done something to someone or something that you shouldn't have. And no amount of reassurance from your friends or family is going to fuck this fear off. Not until you've spoken to every single person that was on that night out with you. You need that reassurance. And then obviously there's the fear of going over to your wallet, picking it up, opening it. And as you open the wallet, you can literally hear an audible laugh. Your wallet is fucking laughing at you because it is so empty and you have no money left. You decided to pay for every drink for every cunt in Glasgow last night. You go and retrace the steps of you taking your clothes off to get into bed last night. So the last thing that you took off was obviously your pants and they are right beside the bed. You make your way through the hall, down the stairs and as you're going down the stairs, there's a sock on the banister. There's another sock fucking hanging off the bottom step. You get to the bottom of the stairs, you have your shirt and t-shirt, and then you get to the front door, your jeans and shoes. Walk over to your shoes, kick them to the side, decide, oh, pick up my jeans, get them washed, because they're fucking stinking, they're wet, and they're covered in sauce. Try and pick up the jeans, but you can't because they're heavy. Why the fuck are my jeans so heavy? You realise that your pockets have about... 98 quids worth of coins in them because you decided to pay for every drink last night with a fresh, crisp new note. Who pays with coins? Not fucking Breebs. Breebs doesn't pay with coins. Breebs only pays with notes. And that's just the start of your day. And it's shite. It's really fucking shite. I've actually lost count of how many times I've been so hungover that throwing myself at a windy has been a genuine option. Like a genuine... I have no other options in life. This is what I have to do to deal with this shit right now. You see, I, like most of the population, will grieve aggressively for the lost memory and money that fell victim to a night in the sauce. I'll struggle through the day asking myself, why the fuck did I do it? And, and I will vow that I'm officially aff it. They are the worst words to hear anybody, anybody utter. I'm aff it. No, you're fucking not. You are fucking firmly on it and will always be on it. And like most of the population, as soon as the next opportunity arises, I will fall victim to the drink. Just like Hamlet's old dear, I will get fucking wrecked and wake up the following morning uttering her final words. No, no, the drink, the drink, oh my dear Hamlet, the drink, the drink, I am poisoned. 
Sorry, if you don't know, Hamlet's maw was poisoned eh, while drinking some vino. So I. But anyway, do you know I think it's funny that the world we live in is a world where every weekend millions of people go their way to get fucking smashed. They spend a fuck ton of money to get as pissed as possible, making absolute cunts of themselves. Do as many things as possible they'll regret and kill as many brain cells as humanly possible. All whilst my ad doing unimaginable damage to your body. I'm not I'm not condemning anybody for it. Fuck no. Quite opposite actually. I'm all for cutting loose after a weekend of eating shite at work from a prick of a boss who's pure raging at you for no giving a fuck about whether you've put all the labels facing the right way in the fucking juice aisle. I'm just making an observation that it's weird that we do this. You don't hear about the French people getting fucking on it to vomit and spewing up their chips and spicy chicken with cheese under the Eiffel Tower. Or the Italians pissing up against the Coliseum whilst their mate keeps edgy for the polls coming. It's a very British thing. A very Scottish thing as well. But it's a British... It's a problem that, that bridges gap. That bridges the class gap. Whether you're a prince or a pauper, whether it's Dom Perignon or whether it's fucking dragon soup, it all ends up the same way. If you are British, you'll love a swally. So I thought I'd tell you about one of the most recent times where um, I ended up with one of the worst hangovers I've ever had in my whole entire life. I was at a funeral. It was a, it was my uncle, right? I didn't really know him that well. He was a nice guy as far as I remember. My mum's brother-in-law, it was actually cancer that got him, a bit of a shitter. He liked a drink, right? So there was this big piss-up organised after the cremation. And these wake things are really fucking weird, man. Like, you turn up and everybody's dead quiet and sad and shit. And it's really awkward because the only time you ever actually see any of these people are either at weddings or at funerals. But I guess that's just the nature of family. When my wife first started going out with me, her first, like, six dates were all funerals. Her neighbours, her family, fuck man, her dogs. It's awful. She must have thought we were like the Adams family. Anyway. Wedding or funeral... You always end up waking up the next day exactly like I've described. Regretting every single drambuie that you sank. But anyway, I was at the funeral and I was hovering awkwardly over the cheese, egg or tuna pieces. Well, I was trying not to drink my pint too quick because you're in front of family you haven't seen for a while. You've got this facade that you're actually doing well to keep up in front of everyone. And if you drink your pint too quickly, you'll need another one and you'll end up making an absolute fanny yourself. So, so obviously one of the great social devices in this world is the smoking ban. So we decide to go outside and have a wee cigarette. <clears throat> you can't hack your fucking auntie asking about your girlfriend that fucked off four months ago or whatever. So I spark up my cigarette, right, and I'm enjoying it and my uncle saunter's over. I know the one that's deed because he's fucking deed. And he starts talking at me. And he was telling me about this time that I pissed myself when I was at my grand's when I was five. And I was like, that is fucking relevant. Thank you for telling me that. And then he tells me something that I shouldn't about my uncle, the one that's deed. And then he offers to buy me a drink. So I take it. Fuck it. And then I offer him one. And then he offers me one. And the vicious cycle has begun. And this is the exact moment that I knew it was all gonna go fucking tits up. But I couldn't stop myself. No, 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 no. Let's fucking do this. Pint, pint, whiskey, pint. Southern Comfort, half pint, whiskey, Maduri and lemonade, please. Guinness, tequila, whiskey, pint, drambui, drambui, cleva, pint, vodka, drambui, vodka, pint, anyone? Sambuca, fire! And then nothingness. 
memory was officially wiped. My dignity's gone. My self-respect is fucking finito. And then I woke up the next morning with no idea how I got there, who I spoke to, how much I spent, or what I said, or how I got home. And that is how you get a hangover. Now, sometimes you don't even need to go through what I went through. Sometimes all it takes is three pints and a rum, and you are fucking dead the next day. The older you get, the less you can drink without feeling it. It's actually quite sad. It is a testament, it is a mark of your youth just fucking off. The less you drink, the more you get hungover, the older you're getting, the less interesting you're getting. You just want to stay in bed all weekend, not go out anymore because what is the fucking point? But <clears throat> you still go out and you still get hungover. Some of the hangovers I've had have been absolutely fucking brutal. This is the type of thing that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemies. Retching over the toilet for hours on end with none coming up, but this hot, yellow, frothy bile that the taste just makes you fucking retch and heave even more. And then there's a Guinness skitters, there's a blinding, nauseating headache that starts at the back of your neck, works its way over your head, and you can't do anything but be horizontal and whimper like a dying cat. If you're lucky, you sort yourself out by three o'clock and spend the rest of the day eating everything in sight and spewing it right back up, pretending that, oh, it's okay because the Greeks did it or the Romans did it, I'll do it. Nah, it's fucking bad, man. Everybody's got different ways of dealing with hangovers, don't they? Me, I need to be wet. I need to, I need to be surrounded by water. Maybe it's some leftover repressed memory if you've been in the womb or something, or maybe it's pure animalistic. But basic instinct kicks in, and I crawl into that bathroom and I have a lie down or sit down shower. You can spew as much as you want in there, and it's just washed away with the shame. It is fucking fabulous. Those perfect little droplets of joy. Dripping on your crusty, flaky, Sambuca-infused body and washing it all away. And then see, after you're done, you crawl out of the shower and you lie in the bathroom floor and you let yourself drip dry like a fucking plate because that's what you deserve, you scumbag. And then eventually you start to feel human again. Eventually. So, the worst hangover is a topic people talk about all the time, but you never talk about the best hangover. So, when I'm talking about looking back on hangovers fondly and you laugh at them because you've got through it, it's fine. It's like going on a holiday and being delayed when you're going out there, but then when you get home, you're like, ah, fuck it, it was fine. It was a memory, we can talk about it. This is my hangover that I like talking about. I was working in a bar, right? I was working at Trongate in Glasgow. Uh, I worked for Maggie Mays. Um, back when it was good <laughs> and uh, we used to go out all the time we used to sit and have staffies because it was open till 3 o'clock we'd have staffies until like fucking 5 o'clock in the morning sometimes or we'd be drinking and the cleaners would turn up and we'd fuck off into the casino drink there until whatever uh, until they kicked us out so we had this big massive night out and it was fucking great. Can't remember anything about it, but I'm sure it was brilliant. Possibly shit myself in the garage. Very possibly. There's another story for that, I'll tell you another time. But um, I, I was looking after my mum and dad's dog at the time, right? They were away on holiday. 
And we had this wee Westie called Charlie. And I was living with one of my best friends at the time, living in Deniston, uh, just off Duke Street. So we had this dog, this Westie. And if anyone's got a Westie dog, you'll know that they're very hairy. And sometimes you need to fucking deal with dangleberries. Um, and this wee dog was called Charlie. We better, just pissed off little chap. And we lived uh, second top floor. So, woke up in the morning, I had a fucking horrendous hangover, took Charlie into bed and snuggled the shit out of him. It was brilliant. One of the best memories I have of him. And I was working at eight o'clock. Parents were coming the next morning to pick the dog up so I wouldn't have time to deal with it. Being the good dog sitter, walked him every day as much as possible. Working eight o'clock, seven o'clock just now. Don't have fucking time to wash the dog and then to wash myself and get ready for work. So... Two birds, one stone, me and the dog get in the shower together. Going fine, Charlie's just sitting there, cool as a cucumber, washing myself. Go down, start shampooing Charlie. Lift up his tail, get the scissors, because when Westies get shit in their arse, you need to cut it off. Sometimes it's just, it's too much. Get the scissors, lift up his tail. His wee arsehole is fucking blown kisses at me. Start cutting off the dangleberries and I fucking whitey. Now, the only thing that would have made this better is me waiting on top of Charlie, but didn't do that to him. Me, 23 years old, grey, hunched over, almost fingering my dog up the arse, spewing my ring into the bath at the exact same time. That is a high point of hangovers. That is reaching the upper echelons of hangovers. That's one of the funny ones, eh? That's one of the ones I look back on and I think, that is a funny story to tell. A lot of people are aghast when I tell it, but it's my favourite, and now you all know it. Cleaning my dog's ass, whited everywhere, having a shower with the dog at the same time. Barrel of laughs. Now, before this episode, I put up a wee, uh, a wee Twitter poster on the social media asking for some of your, uh, your hangover stories, or some of the worst. And considering I've got four followers... <laughs> Um, the I wasn't inundated with replies, but I did get a few, and uh, the replies are going to name or remain nameless. So, the first one, the first, what, what? Before I get into them, I want to say that a lot of the hangover stories that I received, actually, all of the hangover stories I received, um, were all about traveling. Now, if you're fucking, if you're silly enough to get yourself into a state the night before you go travelling then you deserve it I'm fucking talking to you you are all idiots if you're travelling especially on a plane don't get fucked up the night before get fucked up on the plane not before you got on it I have been there I've seen it it's fucking bad man but anyway so the first one we have is it was on a business trip and it was out of country now I know from experience that if you go on a business trip that it's kind of like a school trip that you take your packed lunch and it's great and you're, you're seeing your colleagues out with and it's just special. There's something nice about it. Now, this chap that is telling me this story, he works in quite a quite a good job. Um, Basically, I've used his name right, but I put beeps over it now, so fucking shut up, right? Uh, so this chap, right, he, he works in quite a quite a good job. Um, the kind of job where clients take them out. So this client, right, 
got them really drunk and they had to get up super early for the next morning and go into their office and, and, and do shit as they were doing, but that was the reason they were away. Um, so they got up early and they went into the office and they were proper heroes. They say they narrowly, narrowly avoided being spotted by the CEO of our company who showed up unexpectedly. And then they headed to the airport to go home. Fucking idiots, man. Absolute idiots. So it was lunchtime, right? And they get halfway through the hangover lunch at the airport. And all of a sudden, one of the guys remembers that they're going home on a fucking tiny propeller plane. Like, literally, one of those ones that attract turbulence. The kind of thing that you see and you think, nah, nah, I'm not fucking getting on that. I've seen, what's that movie? 2012? 2012? 2021? What is that movie? Anyway. Basically, a plane that is fucking bound to end up in the ocean. Also, the type of plane you're guaranteed to chunder on it. So, the chap decides to fuck off to the toilet and have a tactical chunder. And he asks his colleague to watch his food while he goes away. It goes, spews his fucking ring in the toilet. Like, the class act that he is. Remember, he's been taken out of the country to meet clients. And he's fucking rubbing shoulders with the CEO. And he's in this tiny little cubicle retching and spewing his ring everywhere class act so he finishes lunch survived the flight got home done that is a hangover that is not one to enjoy but he dealt with it like an absolute professional the tactical chunder is a key point of getting drunk and of the hangover there's those 30 seconds after you spewed your ring where you feel like a fucking new human being. You feel like you've shedded your skin. You just feel absolutely fabulous. And then you take two steps out of the bathroom and you think, nah, man, I'm not done. I need to go back in there. Sometimes you don't need to use the fingers. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's just you look at the toilet bowl and you're home and it's just fucking blah everywhere. But it's interesting. It's interesting this idea of flying with a hangover. I've been in a few situations with friends that have been fucked on a plane. And it's been hysterical. Um, embarrassing at the same time, but it's good. But this story makes me question. Right, obviously this guy, right, he's not Scottish because if you're going out, right, and I know you're on a business trip and somebody's plying with you booze and you're Scottish, there is fucking no way you're making it in at the office the next day. There's no way you're making it onto that wee tiny propeller plane. You're just going to have to accept your fate that you are now a national of that country that you are hung over in and you're going to remain there for the rest of your days because there's no fucking way you're getting on that plane because you drank all the free booze and this hangover is with you for the rest of your life. So I, I feel like you didn't take advantage of your boss or your clients getting you fucking smashed. The other story that I get sent is... Um, the other story I get sent goes a little something like this. I was at my cousin's baby shower in South Carolina. I slammed a bottle and a half worth of tankery and tonic and we had to drive to Florida the next day. It was very, very hot. I became the back seat of the car over the next four hour drive. That is a terrible story, right? It's fucking short. You'd leave a lot to the imagination, man. Come on. We're going to, we're going to go into this in detail, okay? First thing we need to know is how long a drive is it from South Carolina to Florida? Drive time from South Carolina to Florida. Seven hours and 48 minutes. That's grim, man. 
That is fucking grim. That is, that's a bus for fucking Glasgow to London, hungover. But you've got the heat to contend with. You've got sitting in that back. I, no, no, I think you're right, man. You melted into that chair. That seven hour drive would have taken like fucking nine days for me. There is no way. I remember I had a hangover once after I threw my wife a surprise party with the drive for Glasgow to Edinburgh and I just lay in the back seat and cried every 20 minutes having to stop to spew. My first sight of Edinburgh, of Aberdeen, was was my now mother-in-law's toilet. She's my best friend now as well. But I, why, why, like, why are you at a christening in Southern Carolina? For fucking Glasgow, what are you doing? And the whole drinking a bottle and a half a tankery and tonic, mate, that is a rookie mistake, I understand. Like, you're in a, you're in a sweltering hot place, it's fucking roasting, it's really humid. The only thing that's going to take care of that is ice cold gin and tonic with some fresh lime or an orange peel put in it. Holy fuck, man. I don't think you can be blamed for this, actually. I think that this is completely understandable. But as for getting in a car, willingly, knowing knowingly that you're going to be there for over seven hours, I would have fucking made up some lie, man, some bullshit. Phone ice or something, get them to come out and fucking swap the place because I'm not getting in that car, there's not a fucking chance. Cancelling plans, right, is one thing, right? I love it. I love to make plans and cancel them because... I'm the kind of person that gets fucking steaming and says, we should do this, and then I'd not even the next day do I text him and say, look, I'm an idiot, I was fucking steaming, it's not happening, I'll wait until the day of the thing, and then I'm like, look, I'm sorry, I can't do it, or I'm having a breakdown, or oh, I, I double book myself, I double book myself, I don't have enough powers to double book myself, and I cancel it, and that other person wants you to cancel it as well, let's not pretend you're not in the fucking same boat, but I... These people that are getting on trains and planes and cars or whatever and being hungover, you're just idiots. This takes me to my, my my last story. And the reason I'm telling this story is because it's the afterthought that's perfect. So basically, it's one of my friends, right? And they've told me that they were queuing at a club at 3am. They were queuing for a club at 3am? Um, I'm going to assume like a, a rave or something, man, because I'm queuing nowhere other than the taxi rank or the chippy at 3am. Actually, Greg's at 3am, it's... Fucking amazing. But aye, they had to be out there at Airbnb in less than an hour, right? And they couldn't move. They got themselves to the airport three hours early because they didn't know what else to do. And they were ill. Really, really ill. So they were sat on the floor and took it in turns to go to the toilet in Chunder. Apparently one of the worst days of their life. But I, I, I think going to the airport three hours early is a smart move. Basically, whenever we go on holiday... We always do the thing where we book our flight to come home later. It's the, it's the thing my wife does, right? See, when I'm in going home mode, I just fucking want out the country. I want to be home. I'm like, let's book our flight for 9am in the morning and we'll get to Glasgow and we'll have a whole fucking day back home. But no, no. What my wife likes to do is book the flight for as late as possible, forgetting that you need to check out your hotel fucking early so you're left walking about wherever it is with all your bags and shit and... You just think, fuck it, man, let's just go to the airport and sit in McDonald's or Burger King or have a pint or whatever. So I, this is one of my friends telling me this story. And maybe like 10 minutes later, there's a wee comment pops up and it's the, the girl that was with her and she says, yep. And I threw up into a sandwich bag on a train whilst on the way to the airport. That is 
that to me is art thrown up in a sandwich bag. But what I want to know is, is the sandwich still in it? Because if you're that hungover, I can't eat when I'm hungover, right? First thing in the morning, no, no not, a, not a chance. I'm not eating until about five or six o'clock. But I can imagine that panic, that sheer terror of being on the train. And I, I, I'm going to assume that you couldn't make it to the toilet because I would have been fucking spending that train journey in the toilet. The sheer panic, the sheer fear. Opening that bag and just going, fuck it! Spoon your ring into it. That is the kind of dignity depraving act that I fucking love. Yes. Gonna be hungover, embarrass yourself so you can talk about it. Don't have a don't have a wee shitey hangover, right? Don't have a hangover where you're like, oh, I don't feel great. I'm gonna go for a walk in the woods and I'll feel much better. No, 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 no. Have a hangover where you seriously consider killing yourself because it's that bad. You're woke up, right, and you're Drift it, you're super drift it. It's like five o'clock in the morning, right? And you, you've been fucking wrecked. And the only thing you can do is walk over to the sink and drink straight out the tap like a fucking cat. Or you're that drifted in some cold and fizzy because fuck water, water's no cutting it, right? And the only thing you've got in your, your fridge is like a can of extra dry cider. And you have to drink it in the water and just fucking chug that bastard because you don't want to taste the alcohol, but you need that cold fizziness in you. And also the whole hair of the dog thing. I think that's just an excuse for being an alky bastard, right? Here, this is a side point, right? Well, I went fucking really west end there. Here, you never see adults, you never see your parents downing shit, do you? I don't mean like downing Sambuca. I mean like going to the fridge, taking that bottle of Iron Brew and standing there and fucking tanning it. I don't think that, is that a generational thing? Is my generation going to be the first generation where their kids see them standing at the fridge, bottle in hand, just fucking downing some Vimto? Quite possibly. So I hangovers. Fucking barrel of laughs. One of the funniest things I've ever seen, right, is my wife when she had a hangover. Um, one of the first nights we went out in Aberdeen. and um, I live in Aberdeen now. Uh, which is fucking mental. Um... One of the first nights we went out in Aberdeen years and years and years ago, it was me, my wife and our little brother and we got fucking wrecked. Um, I remember me and John getting our stuff together, getting our change together and just buying as many shots as possible and getting absolutely smashed. Coming home and spewing my ring, getting to bed, right, and waking up, maybe like an hour after falling asleep, so it's probably about half past four in the morning and my wife is no way to be seen. So I go into the, the toilet and she's not there. I'm like, what the fuck's going on, man? So I take a wee peek into her, her little brother's room. And there she is. Curled up like a fucking cat at the bottom of his bed. On his bed, like a cat, curled up in a wee ball. But aye, that morning she was an absolute riot. And I've got this picture, right? It's the funniest fucking picture I've ever seen. I'll need to find it, right? And if I find it, I'll post it up with this podcast. You'll probably see it, not have a clue then listening laugh your tits off, but she's lying there, right, and she's wrapped this blanket around her, and her face is grey, and it looks like rigor mortis is setting, she, remember, remember planking, that's, that's what she's doing, she's planking, right, but she's on her back, and she is rigid, man, and she is white, and she's got this tartan shawl tucked around her, man, it looked like my gran, when my gran passed away, and we had her coffin in the house, she had fucking full-blown rigor mortis, it was horrendous, and she stayed like that for about an hour and a half, she was asleep, woke up, just stay laying there with those dead eyes looking up at you like fucking don't touch, speak or move me. So yeah, 
I think what I'm really trying to say here is like hangovers are shite, right? You're poisoning your body. It's fucking bad, man. It's really bad. But see, at the end of the day, we're all going to die. So go out and get fucking smashed. Make a titty yourself. Make memories that you won't remember. I've been to festivals, right? I've been to so many festivals and I've seen so many amazing headline bands, but I can't fucking remember them. We went to Glastonbury in 2017, and apparently I saw the Foo Fighters and Radiohead. Fucking no recollection. I saw Black Sabbath, right, just before they did their farewell tour. Saw them at download. Bill Ward wasn't there, right, of shite, but I can't remember it. All I can remember is the start of War Pigs, and I shout out, Oh, Lord, yeah! Like, six bars fucking far too early made a fanny of myself. That's, that's all I can remember. I've seen Slipknot numerous times, can't remember shit about it. Saw Muse, can't remember anything about that. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm the type of person, right, that if I'm going to a gig that I'm pure hyped up for, I need to be drunk for it. I need to be... Who enjoys music sober? Who can stand seeing Radiohead just standing there while they play fucking fake plastic trees sober? Fuck that, man. One of the last gigs I went to was Cancer Bats in Glasgow, and I got fucking smashed before it and I mean like smashed and it was dragon soup I was drinking on the train and it was me uh, and two of my pals and I'd never crowd surfed before never never ever crowd surfed before and always wanted to do it and if anybody's been in the attic for a gig in the garage you'll know that it's quite small right so we were there and Cancer Bats are my band right that I've kept trying to see but some always come up that I couldn't go or the, I was going to see them at download right but their set got rained off um, because it was too muddy and they come on during somebody else's set and played one song and I'd fucking been dying to see them. Almost went to see them uh, do Bat Sabbath where they play hundreds of um, Black Sabbath songs. Just Cancer Bats as a Black Sabbath tribute band. It's fucking brilliant. Ended up not being able to go to it. So finally I got my Cancer Bat ticket and I was going and I was down in Glasgow, it was sunny, it was round about this time of year, and I got fucking hammered, got hammered on the train in, went into Rufus, Rufus D. Firefly, I was giddy man with excitement, I was finally getting to see them, and you know what, I went in, it was fucking brilliant, I had the best time, I got kicked out for crowd surfing too much, and there must have been about fucking 40 people in the audience, it was amazing, remember nothing about it, other than I crowd surfed, and I'm pretty sure I don't even remember that, I think it was from my mates texting me telling me that I was crowd surfing repeatedly. See when you see those videos of like little dogs going down a chute and then running up the stairs and going down it again and that, that was me. I was literally crowd surfing over the front, running to the back of the crowd, crowd surfing. I, I wouldn't be until the security basically huckled me out and I was one of those guys that when I'm getting chucked out I'm like fucking fair play man, fair play. I don't put up any resistance. If I'm getting moved there's a good reason that I'm getting kicked out. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the lead singer of Cancer Bats that had said, look, fucking get this guy to fuck man." But I barely remember nothing about that gig. But funnily enough, barely remember anything about the hangover either. And I was drinking some horrible, horrible things. Like, for instance, I'm going to Glastonbury this year. And I've got Buckfast. I always take Buckfast. I don't even like Buckfast, right? I think it's something to do with the... The Scottish fucking badge of honour. Buckfast, yeah, I'm a working class man. I, I drink Buckfast because it gets you fucked fast. Like, I'm going to drink this, right? And I am going to be a right off the next day. 
and I've got like a bottle for each day and I don't know why I'm going to do it but it's, festivals are different right it's, it's a different kettle of fish with festivals I wouldn't normally drink Buckfast I'm, I'm fucking better than that nah I'm joking I'm not I'm scumbag man come on so yeah don't be don't be scared of the hangover right and this is for any illness because I consider a hangover an illness a very short lived chronic illness everybody gets ill right everybody gets hungover Nobody goes through it alone. We all do, right? What I would suggest, though, is have a WhatsApp group for your fucking hangover chat because it's the type of thing that gets you through. I started working a job up here in Aberdeen, right? And I always think the best way to get to meet new people or, or come out your shell is just to get absolutely fucking drunk, hammered with them because you can laugh the next day about it. Now, I was really... That was the last time I'd been properly drunk and it was last last October, last November... And I could have killed myself the next day because the fear. And the only thing that got me through was taking the piss out of myself in this WhatsApp group the next day. It comforts you. So, all see all this piss about hangover cures or a piece in a fucking rolling square sausage with tax gone and a can iron brew. Fuck that, right? It doesn't work. Nothing works. Your body just needs to, just to forgive you for doing what you've done to it. But the one thing that I will say that definitely works is WhatsApp. Right, WhatsApp is where it's at for when you're hungover. It'll help ease your pain, help ease your suffering, or it'll just confirm it. It'll confirm that you've made an absolute fucking shit of your life. But I, that is my take on hangovers. Right, I've this is the first time I've kind of ranted, uh, so there might be a, I might go off on a tangent. It might not really be cohesive, but um, I, no, I'm learning. I'm learning as I go, so these podcasts, the podcast, these podcasts might get better, uh, and they might get fucking worse, which is way more likely. But yeah, I uh, keep me last week. Um, this week I'm playing a track by a young female musician called Jodie Finley. Um, this is a song called Mantra. Um, she's just started recording. Um, she's got a fantastic voice. She plays ukulele live, and um, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, but this track, uh, I heard her first couple of songs and, and they were good, but this track really kind of took me by surprise. Really enjoyed it. So if you give give this a wee listen, if you like, you can find Jodie on Facebook and um, I was going to say MySpace. Fucking MySpace. Uh, Facebook and Bebo. Nah, Facebook and um, Spotify and Instagram and, and Twitter and as such. Um, you can get me on Facebook and Twitter, possibly Instagram soon. I need a place to post that picture of my wife with Rigamortis. Um, I'm on SoundCloud. No, I'm not. I'm fucking... I'm talking shite. I'm not on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm on Podbean, CastBox, iTunes and Spotify. Uh, this has been the Hell Mend Me podcast. And I will see you again. Take it away, Jodes. As if you're actually here, you're not. I'm standing in a room in my in-law's house recording this on my phone. There's no one else here with me. Good night. Watch your feet on the floor There's scattered minds and all kinds of dreams Some step through the Characterized by the atmosphere before they even get here Now we're lost And we don't know the cost 